0: Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off.
1: You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the major league baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. At today's episode as we're inching closer and closer to Thanksgiving, I'm gonna give thanks to the Diamondbacks, and specifically to my guest, Miller Thomas, the host of Locked On Diamondbacks. You can follow this show on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. You can also go wherever you can find your podcast and you're staying at home. And please stay at home because we want to beat this thing. Wear a mask and... Almost as important, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB or check out some of the other great shows of the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Lockdown Fantasy Baseball with Scott Collin. And hey, Lockdown On Diamondbacks with, Shane, with Millard Shane <laughs> Tom. <Thomas>. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm all over it, man. Hey, They're follow good. us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pod. And you could follow me, I'm your pal Sully, on Twitter at Sully Baseball, Sully Baseball Podcast. On Instagram. You already heard him chuckle a little bit right there. It's Miller Thomas.
1: Welcome to the show, man. Thanks. I uh never been on the show before, first time, so excited. I know we did like a Jeopardy thing.
0: Yeah, I was about them. to say you were yeah. on the game show. You yeah. I had you on for one of the quiz shows, but I haven't yeah. had you on one-on-one yet. So yeah. Um, trying to get everyone, trying to get all the teams represented so I don't have the people say You talk too much about the Red Sox. I you know, I avoided the Red Sox for two months. I did one show on those like all you do is talk about the Red Sox. So <laughs> Oh, by the way, I was I was hinting on this off off air. Mm-hmm. You know the reason why I use my full name, Paul Francis Sullivan, and then say, "Please call me Sully." That 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 actually, there is a method to the madness. To, did I ever tell you the reason why mm-hmm. I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, when I started blogging, way back when, back when you were about two and I was in my thirties, <laughs> okay. and um, I was I blogged. And I start getting these very strange comments, Mm -hmm. saying things like, well, it looks like you changed your mind fast, or, well, you read, you write one thing here and another thing in the newspaper, what's the matter with you? And I was just going by Paul Sullivan. um, And I found out that there was one of the head sports writers at the Chicago Tribune is named Paul Sullivan. Mm. And there was a couple of times I wrote something about the White Sox or the Cubs that was 180 degrees from what he wrote in the Chicago Tribune. And I realized I have to differentiate myself between him. I've mm. actually reached out to him, I'm trying to get him to be a guest on the podcast so we can have a Paul Sullivan summit. But uh, he he called dibs on the name, so I decided to go by my full name, which I think sounds very pompous. Paul Francis (laughs) Sullivan, I could have gone by Paulie Sullivan, but then I sound like I'm in Goodfellas, and so I use my full name, Paul Francis Sullivan, which sounds pompous, so I diffuse it immediately by saying, please call me Sully, as if to say, that's my full name, you don't have to call me that, Sully, so that is the origin of why I specifically say it in that order, was to avoid getting hate mail that should be directed to the Chicago Tribune.
1: I was gonna say your basically your blog was like a burner account for the Chicago Tribune, huh? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It was like,
0: it was, <laughs> it was like the uh, uh, the phones they used in the Wire or Better Call Saul. They just, they just they snap them and they throw them in the garbage. By the way, I am so behind in Better Call Saul, so please, everyone, no spoilers for one of the. Just be, what's become one of my favorite shows ever. Mm. This is not Locked On Better Call Saul. Yeah. No, this is Locked On MLB. And there are 30 teams in baseball, and the Diamondbacks are one of them. Are they the best? Are they? <laughs> I, I, I was about to say, uh, through that, I asked, I, I, it's, not the, it's not for me to decide on that. In fact, when I was doing my homework for this podcast before I brought mm-hmm. you on here, I kind of constantly had to remind myself who was still on the team. Mm-hmm. Because the D-backs made a flurry of trades. You know, down the stretch you're like wait, Robbie you're like, no no, he's gone. Or, well, they yeah. had Starling Marte. Mon- no, no, he's gone. like So, well, why don't I ask you? Mm-hmm. The, the D-backs, it's tough. You got to take everything with a grain of salt in a, in a 60-game stop and start the spring training season, but there was a lot of salt that was taken in the desert uh as the Diamondbacks finished 25 and 35 and in a postseason where more than half the teams were given a spot the Diamondbacks didn't close didn't come close to being asked to sit at the table so no um thoughts on the team that going into 2020 there was some excitement about
1: yeah I mean on my pod all off season leading up to the 2020 season I was all in on the Dimebacks. I didn't think they were gonna win the World Series or anything, but I thought they definitely deserved a seat at the table, like you mentioned. I had them pegged for at least a wild card spot. I mean, in the previous year in 2019, they were an 85 win team. Ketel Marte on the rise. He finished fourth in MVP voting in 2019. Esparr coming off a career year. And you look at the moves that they made in free agency and in the offseason, They went out. They acquired Starling Marte. They got Madison Bumgarner from their division rival, the San Francisco Giants, and. I was all in on the D-backs. I thought they were going to be back in the postseason after a couple of years. I thought they were going to actually make some noise and have at least a pretty exciting season and only the the cadence schedule that we had. But it didn't come into fruition. A lot of these guys that had, you know, breakout seasons in 2019 completely regressed in 2020 and they just fell off the table. Eduardo Espar looked like a shell of himself in 2020. Ketel Martesar's numbers fall off considerably. And Madison Bumgarner, that was one of the worst offseason signings of MLB, so it didn't work out for the team in terms of moves, but we did have one silver lining, and that is Zach Gallen. He was a stud this season, Cy Young candidate, and he's pretty much the bright spot for the D-backs right now. Maybe Ketel Marte, too, because we've seen his potential. We saw a ceiling in 2019, but overall, just a super disappointing season for the backs. and by, by the last two weeks of the season, like I was just totally not invested at all, I mean. It really broke my spirit by the last two weeks of the MLB season. I think for people who are casual fans
0: of the NL West, I'm out here in in L.A. County, so I see a lot of West teams. They they may have forgotten that going into this year, the Diamondbacks, even though they made a bunch of cost-cutting, trading away stars and letting stars walk moves, went into 2020 with three consecutive winning seasons. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were a 90-some-odd win team that won the wildcard game in, uh, was it, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, they contended in, uh, they, they, they put together a contending team in 2019, they contended for a wildcard spot until late in the season. And, and the year in between that, with it where they wound up saying goodbye to several of their stars, but they still put, they still won more than they lost. So uh, you're right that going into 2020 with three consecutive winning seasons, a knowledge that the pitching staff was already pretty good and inserting Madison, a 30-year-old Madison Bumgarner, who's probably itching to contend again, um, there was reason to be uh, excited about this! I thought they were going to be a contending team. I, I again, I, I think they were certainly going to be a wild card team. Obviously, any division that has Los Angeles in it is going to be tough to win that division. But when I saw how the 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 playoffs were set up after the the COVID delay of spring training, uh, absolutely, I thought the Diamondbacks way before I thought the team like the you know the Marlins or the Reds we're going to be you know having their tickets punched.
1: Yeah, and maybe part of that just the 60 game season. Maybe the Diamondbacks, you know, if we had a 160 game season, could have came back and made some noise. I mean, if we did the season last year in 2019 just 60 games, the Nationals would not have even been in the playoffs. So right. things can change. I mean, baseball is just so ridiculously Log in the season 162 games and just so much so so much so many different things can happen so maybe there's a scenario where the Dimebacks wake up and they're this uh, sleeping giant in the second half of the season it's pretty hard to say that now considering what we just watched all 2020 but you never know and maybe the D-backs could have pulled it out and made a late run to the postseason. but they probably would have just finished right around 500 and just uh, got your hopes up and then missed the playoffs in the end.
0: Well, I mean, the thing that Dusty Baker said when he was, he, he said that he always felt like uh, he needed 60 games to get warmed up
1: mm-hmm.
0: when he played on all those great Dodgers and Braves teams over the years, you know, that you take a look at any season at around Memorial Day is usually what I consider the first checkpoint. I like to break the season into thirds. You have from the beginning of the season to Memorial Day is the first checkpoint. Second checkpoint is Memorial Day to the trade deadline at the end of July. And then you have the stretch run. Well, you that's two thirds of the seasons. You only made it to the first checkpoint. Yeah. And usually the first checkpoint is when, you know, there are plenty of pitchers who had a rotten first nine starts. You know, like that Bumgarner had a really rotten first nine starts for the for Arizona. And if he wound up making 30 starts, I mean, and then he was pretty good. I mean, there's all sorts of of situations where teams can turn it around. And you go look up and down the, the team and you just see, I mean, Luke Weaver isn't a 1-9 pitcher with a 6.580 ERA. You know, you look at some of his he struck out 55 and in 52 innings. He only mm-hmm. walked 18. There are peripheral stats of him that are like, mm-hmm. okay, in those 12 games he pitched, well, the, the ball didn't drop there. I mean, he didn't pitch that great, but there was some reason to be confident that things could have turned around. There just wasn't enough time to turn things around. Mm-hmm. So I, I absolutely think that given a full season and the fact that Lavolo is... One of the more talented managers in the game, and and the front office seems to have a, you know, they, they were able to pull off some like the deals for Goldschmidt and for Greinke did not appear to be whiffs. Um, I, you know, I I had I have faith that and, and they would have had Ray for the whole season. They would have had Marte for the whole season. You know, so you know, I I don't know. I I don't think there's reason to panic, even though they had one of the worst 60 games in baseball, uh, be thankful you picked up some minor leaguers on a high draft pick and still have a lot of the talent in place.
1: Yeah. Do you ever envision baseball ever shortening their season? Because a lot of pushback is on what you're just saying. You hear guys like Tim Kirchner saying you need the 162 games to actually figure out which teams are real, which teams are actually contenders, which teams are the pretenders. Do you ever think baseball will actually cut down the season? I know they don't want to lose that revenue, especially after a pandemic. So it probably won't do it anytime soon. But could you ever see it in the, in the future, maybe five years down the line?
0: It's funny. You're previewing what my podcast is gonna to be tomorrow, mm. actually, which I've tentatively called uh blowing up baseball. <laughs> um, I have uh several theories of what baseball should do. If and it's on several caveats. I guess I might doing a preview for that podcast, but I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna go everything. If you want to hear all my thoughts <laughs> on it, keep listening this week. Mm-hmm. But um the my thoughts of some of the major changes of baseball are contingent on the plan if if baseball does indeed keep the extended playoffs, mm-hmm. keep having the sixteen teams make the postseason and the first wild card round take place. Um I think I always like the fact that very few teams made the postseason, rel- or relatively few teams made the postseason, because the postseason can be a bit of a coin toss this year, notwithstanding where the best team of the AL play the best team of the NL. That's, that doesn't always happen. In fact, it's kind of rare when it happens. Mm-hmm. And if baseball is going to have that coin toss, then there are two things that, in my mind, even it out. You don't have as many teams admitted and the 162-game gauntlet weeds out all the teams. You've you've seen a sample size to see what the quality of your team is. Um, the one preview I'll say for the upcoming show is, if baseball is going to extend the playoffs, they have to reduce the number of regular season games drastically. Mm-hmm. And not 5, 10 games. I'm talking 20, 30 games. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to have it be a crapshoot where a Brewers or an Astros team that are thoroughly mediocre could potentially unseat a quality team, like the Astros unseated a quality Twins team this year. Mm -hmm. And the the Astros were nowhere near the quality of the Minnesota Twins over 60 games, but Mm -hmm. over two games they were. That's only remotely fair in the short schedule, and not in 162 games. Uh, So, with that in mind, that's a preview of some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about when we bring up Locked On MLB's tomorrow show. But that's not today's show. So, what I got to say for those of you (laughs) who want to listen to tomorrow, I think you got to sit back, you got to relax, but I think you got to get yourself. Energized for that show where I'm talking about how to blow up baseball. And when I need a boost energy, do you know what I do, Miller Thomas? What, what do you do? I grab a built bar. Mm. Did you know that built bars are the best tasting protein bars ever? Mm. I didn't know that. Well, they've got six new flavors. You gotta try them. The six new flavors include Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. They're all delicious. Now, my personal favorite is still one of the original 12 flavors, which is the Chocolate Raspberry. Ooh, I love Chocolate Raspberry. Mm. I love that combination, that that sort of the tanginess of the raspberry Mm. chocolate. I love that. They got Mint Brownie. They got German Chocolate. They got Banana Bread. Oh. And for those of you who say, "Do you know what? I can't get enough chocolate." They've got double chocolate, more chocolate, double chocolate. You put double. two of those together, you got yourself quadruple chocolate. Quadruple. And all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and they're easy to chew. Unlike some other protein bars, mm. like if you if you start chewing on your shoe and you dip it in some Nutella, boom, that's what some of those protein bars taste like. Not Built Bar, but guess what? Mm bars are healthy Mm -hmm. if you are a health conscious guy like you clearly are someone who's trying to lose weight like i truly am Mm -hmm. i mean look at their low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber it's great for the keto diet uh let's take a flavor just randomly coconut almond i love coconut Mm -hmm. almond. good one uh 18 (laughs) grams of protein 180 calories 5 grams sugar 5 grams net carbs so good you want a cooler with that yeah, wanna, I love coolers. Well, guess what? You got a free cool with purchase. No. While supplies While supplies last. Okay. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. you get 20% off your next store. Use promo code LOCKEDON with 20% off at BuiltBar.com. What's that jingle? It's BuiltBar.com. 2020 was mm-hmm. a mess. Yes. Uh, That is an evergreen statement, (laughs) not just for the Diamondbacks, but the going into 2021, they have a couple pieces still in place, hopefully a bounce back season for Madison Bumgarner. And then you have the likes of the Christian Robinsons and the Corbin Martins of the world, who do you look at as the positive future for Arizona in the immediate few years? In the farm system? Yeah, in the farm system, or who's already been called up at this point?
1: Oh, well, the immediate future, I guess, for guys who have already been called up. We've touched on Zach Allen already. He's still pretty mm-hmm. young. But I guess also Luke Weaver, we talked about, because they acquired him in that Paul Goldschmidt trade. So he's still a pretty young guy. I think he's only around 25 years old. So they need him to bounce back. And then the other guy that they got in that package deal, Carson Kelly. He had a pretty down season in 2020. After 2019, having some solid numbers, he had 18 home runs in 2019. So showed a lot of pop. He showed a lot of promise. And we want to see that again in 2020. 21 because he had a pretty down season this past year and then also one of our top prospects Dalton Varsho he made it to the big league level this year he's like 24 years old he's mainly a catcher too so he'll probably have to platoon with Carson Kelly but we had him out there in the center field position a little bit at the end of the year just trying him out out there and he didn't do too bad so the D-backs need a center fielder so maybe they'll put him out there some more but as you mentioned, they got Christian Robinson, I think on MLB.com he's like number 39. They have Alec Thomas He's like 45 on MLB.com's top 100 prospect rankings and like all of baseball. So they have a pretty good farm system. They have a top 10 farm system in baseball. They have some guys, especially in the outfield that could probably come up and help them because they need a center fielder right now. That's one of the biggest weaknesses that they have. They have to go out there and in free agency or in the trade market fill that hole and then who knows maybe they want to trade a david peralta maybe they want to trade a cole calhoun those are probably some of their better trade candidates and they're a little bit older they're above 30 they're in their mid 30s probably early 30s so you never know d backs might want to get a little bit younger and a little bit cheaper and go to that farm system and see what they got in christian robinson or alec thomas
0: i think with that deep farm system i think they could probably take advantage of the fact that this is going to be certainly a buyer's market in terms of free agency because there's going to be a ton of free agents out there and a lot of teams are going to try to avoid having a multi-year deal for players in their 30s this is you know, there's a lot of it's causing some of the labor issues and everything like that. And uh, I understand the frustration of a player who's saying, well, you can't cash in when you're younger. Now you can't cash in when you're older. That's why you're seeing so many superstar players cashing in and not even going to free agency and saying, do you want might as well take it now. But, you know, you'd hate to sort of talk about taking advantage of that situation. But a team like the Diamondbacks, uh, you know some of the outfielders that are out there, like you know George Springer is going to get a good, solid contract, and mm. Jackie Bradley Jr. because of his great defense is uh, going to be. I think he's a perfect fit with the Mets, who have a ton of talent in their outfield, but could use Jackie's defense to sort of take the pressure off of them. But there's going to be a lot of other outfielders who are going to want to prove themselves again, and I think, and I think there's a bunch of holes out there. That the D-backs could fill in relatively inexpensively and without it being a albatross-type contract around around their necks, and uh, you know, I I would have trust in a manager like Tory Lavolo to have an influx of some veterans on the team and have that be a positive experience. the 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 example that I always go back to is the 2013 Red Sox signed a whole bunch of veterans who were only there for a couple of years and picked up a world series ring for their troubles. Yeah. Uh, I, having a bunch of veterans with a chip on their shoulder, wanting something to prove isn't always the worst thing in the world to have, especially if there's going to be an extended uh, postseason.
1: Yeah. And I think, you mentioned Jackie Bradley. I think that's going to be one of the guys the D-backs are going to go after. They've been linked to him for a couple of off seasons, mm-hmm. a couple of off seasons on the trade market, Tory Lavello and Mike Hazen are both from that Red Sox organization. So I think they've seen Jackie Bradley firsthand. Mike Hazen was probably part of the front office that helped develop Jackie Bradley. So I think he's going to be a guy who may not break the bank. He might be a little bit more expensive, but he's not going to be anywhere near that George Springer God level tier of money. So I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be pretty affordable for the D-backs because they're a smaller market team and they definitely don't want to spend the money especially after Madison Bumgarner's signing last year they're definitely going to be hesitant uh, this offseason to shell out some money for some free agents you know
0: what a player and again look at this is a kind of a weird one to bring up here but he's such a solid professional hitter and probably won't get a multi-year deal but it's Michael Brantley Mm-hmm. And when you have someone like Michael Brantley, I, I'm sorry, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking of him, but I was was thinking that he's a good, solid, all, all-star professional hitter. And maybe having a guy like that in your lineup, even if he isn't playing every single day, because you know he has had a ton of injuries in his career and, and actually wound up missing the year that the Indians went to the World Series. But to have someone who you can just rely on that you know is going to give you solid at bats, who you know is going to keep rallies going, who you know is going to be on base if someone does pop one out. I, I often wonder about having that that I, I don't like to call it the veteran experience because who knows what, you know, there have been stories of young players like being like Tolowitzki becoming the leader. There have been stories of veterans who just kind of sit back and aren't, you know, vocal or anything at all. But mm-hmm. to have a real professional in the lineup. That you're saying, okay, you are just, you're, all we need you to do is just, you don't have to be a superstar. Just hit and get those, you know, keep those, hit those balls into the gap and do well like that. He's not gonna get a multi year deal. So, you know, why couldn't he be uh, a fit in Arizona?
1: I would hope so. I mean, I think whoever's going to get Brantley is going to get a steal. He's a little bit older. I think he's in his mid-30s now. But mm-hmm. like you said, he's a professional hitter. The dude is like a career 300 hitter. If you go back and look at his numbers, he's definitely had some injuries. But every year, he's a near 25 home runs. He's hitting above 300 consistently, getting on base. He's a pretty good player. I would love for the D-backs to get him, especially if they could steal him off the market. That's what the D-backs are going to have to do this offseason. They're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to go after guys like Michael Brantley who might not have as much value as some of these other guys because of his injuries and age, but has that all-star level talent still within him. And maybe if you give him 160 games and he doesn't, get one of those injuries then he could be a real big contributor for your team and actually have a low rejuvenation himself in his career and I think that would be great for the D-backs because I'm not really a person my personal philosophy I'm not really into prospects like that there's so many guys that are highly rated prospects that come to the big league level and they just never pan out they flame out and there's so many times you trade one of your star players for a couple prospects because they're one of the best in their organization and you never see the see it come into fruition so I'm always a guy that would rather have the big league talent and try to go for the potential and the prospects, honestly.
0: Yeah, I just that to me, the more I think about it, that'd be really, I mean, if you want to have that outfielder to solidify the defense, then you go after JBJ, which obviously there's a lot of former Red Sox people involved with the Diamondbacks. But the more I think of it, you know, the more I look at some of the players in that lineup that could use having a Brantley getting those hits. You know, I almost, I mean, this sounds weird, but I'd almost want to have Brantley bat number one or two in the lineup because I, I'm a big believer in, I think speed is the single most o- overrated aspect of a leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that y- you want to have the person who is making the fewest number of outs have the most at bats. I It's not that hard of a concept to have. Mm-hmm. And someone like Brantley, uh i would want to have like at the number two spot getting that extra at bat in the course of the game and if a you know if a dalton varsho gets a hold of one or katel Marte gets a hold of one you know that you know it's brantley at home plate who's giving them a high five to congratulate them i think you know i look at i mean there may be other people like that but that's just sort of the to me that's the prototypical you could get a lot of value from someone because people are leery of offering him or want to avoid his injury history.
1: No, and that leadoff point you had is very fair because I'm trying to find it now because Cole Calhoun was the lead off hitter for a lot of these D-backs games and he's not your prototypical lead off hitter. And that was mostly because of how bad this Dimebacks lineup was in 2020. Cole Calhoun's OBP of 338 was second on the team to David Peralta at 339. And those were probably two of our main leadoff hitters, maybe Ketel Marte. He was mostly batting second, but a guy like Cole Calhoun, you don't expect him to be your leadoff hitter. And he also led the D-backs by far in home runs. So when your leadoff hitter is actually your best power hitter and the best guy at getting on base, uh, it, it sounds like it's, a, like it's a positive for your team, but... Cole Calhoun shouldn't be the be all end all for the, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they have to spread the wealth a little bit. So I think Michael Brantley is more of a prototypical leadoff hitter. I think he definitely take the ease off some of these other Diamondback players. Maybe they're just too much pressure, on the shoulders of Escobar and Ketel Marte, probably more Marte than Escobar. I think Escobar really just came into this season out of shape. And maybe that was because of COVID and not having the mm. training that he's been used to because everyone talked about his weight was just a big issue for the team this season. And Tori Lavello had to have like a honest conversation with Escobar and say, Hey, we have to, you got to, you know, shed some of that weight because you're just not moving the same around the field. But one thing the D-backs can do that they want to be, like I said, creative this offseason is they could go out there and get a guy like DJ LeMayu, who's going to be more expensive, but you could get him on a two-year deal probably and move Ketel Marte to center field. He's been a center fielder, second baseman throughout his career. So if you want to get interesting, you could go out there and maybe acquire a high level second baseman and then just put Ketel Marte in center field if you want to build up the middle uh, of your team, I guess.
0: That's All these are good thoughts. I'm just going to bring up one name, which is the late John McNamara, who was the manager of the Reds in the late 70s and the Red Sox in the mid-80s. And I remember he, he was someone who was forever crucified for how he handled the Red Sox in the 1986 World Series, famously. But he made a move in the lineup in 1986. They had Marty Barrett leading off and Wade Boggs batted second. And he decided to switch them. And when they switched them, it was like, what are you doing, Boggs? He's slower than a glacier. Why are you having Boggs? And I was one of the people saying, you can't have Boggs batting leadoff. He's got no speed. Uh, he led the league in on-base percentage five out of six years. He was, walking, he was leading the league in walks every year while getting 200 hits every year. And idiots like me were going, like, why are they putting him in the leadoff spot? I don't know. Maybe because you want to have the guy who never makes it out have the most at-bats. And um, here we are. And uh, I think the Diamondbacks, we understand some of these metrics a lot better now. And uh, look, at, I'd like to see the D-backs do well because they got a lot of players on there that I really like. And I have a ton of friends who are giant fans who kind of bristle at the fact that Baumgartner is now with Arizona but Mm -hmm. Baumgartner is one of my favorite players in baseball and I want to see him do well again and I want to have you have something positive to talk about because uh, this was your first year at Lockdown MLB right?
1: Yeah, it was my first year doing the D backs. Pretty yeah. disappointing season. But, yeah, uh, what a what a gut punch. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was a... coming in right as they were riding hot. They were gonna have all this oh, momentum. Oh. Like, oh, lick the new kids on the block, the D backs. No. I get to take it over, and now none of it. No, you got punched in the face. Yeah, and then over, the over and over and over again,
0: just being punched in the face. And you deserve better than that. You've got a nice
1: face. Thank you.
0: I saw So well look at where can people listen to your show?
1: Yeah. I, I guess. I hope so. I hope someone listens to the show. Where can oh, they where? Listen. I thought you said working people listen to this show. Oh, I, was just, <laughs> I was like, I hope, <laughs> I hope someone's listening to the show. Oh, God. oh yeah. Boy, they, this, they... <laughs> this ended on a pessimistic note, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh locked on dime So you could follow me on Twitter at Creator Thomas for my personal account, at creator Thomas24 for my personal account, at locked on dimebacks on Twitter and Instagram. And then of course any podcasting platforms or streaming on all of them. So go check out Locked on Dimebacks. We had a couple D backs on the pod the last couple of weeks, Paven Smith and Riley Smith—they're not brothers—but go check them out. Uh, Paven Smith was like the seventh overall pick a couple of years ago, so go check out that interview with him
0: fantastic and you can listen to us on the free and easy to use himalaya podcasting app and on all the platforms where you get your podcasts talking diamondbacks with millard thomas and trying to end it on a positive note and my biggest positive note is they're gonna have an extra 102 games next year and that's enough to write any ship this has been locked on mlb i'm your host paul francis sullivan please call me sully